Your financial mission, should you choose to accept it, is to achieve financial clarity. New Intel suggests that bad financial actors are constantly filling the landscape with misinformation and other barriers and obstacles, leaving you with limited time to make the right choices for a successful financial future. To make things easier, we've chosen your team for you. Financial Commander Janine Theus will help lead you to success. As always, should you avoid the excellent guidance you're about to receive, you'll be disavowed. Also, this message will self-destruct in three seconds. Three, two, one. It's another Your Financial Mission podcast on the way. Walter Storholt here alongside Janine Theus, CEO and founder of Theus Wealth Advisors, your financial commander here on the podcast each and every time. Janine, great to talk with you this week. How are you? Hey, Walter, it's doing, I'm doing great. Spring is almost here. Yes. <laughs> I think it's uh, about 50 degrees today. So we've turned the page at least. Life. It's no longer like deep winter anymore for sure. And, and the weather yeah. seems to be cooperating as of late. So that's good. Yeah. Looking forward to it because I think uh, when you get down below 20 degrees and several days in a row, everybody's tired of it. Well, you'll be complaining about how too hot it is just a couple of weeks from now. So, <laughs> yeah, especially I think within a month, we'll probably <laughs> wish it was winter again. Or why can't it just be fall and spring year round, right? Exactly. I guess you got to have the extremes to enjoy the middle ground, as many things in life follow that line of thinking. So that's yeah. all right. We'll enjoy it while it lasts, that's for sure. Coming up a little bit later on in the podcast, we're going to talk about what's happening in the news. And now that tax season is, as we're recording this podcast, pretty much over. We're in the final throes of it as we record today here at the uh, tail end of March, early April time frame. You know, we'll look back and see what difference did the tax reform from last year really make this year when it came down to tax time. We'll get Janine's thoughts on what happened to a lot of her clients, what they now know. We're going to get to know Janine a little bit better in today's show as well as we introduce a new feature called Getting to Know you. That's coming up on today's show as well. But wanted to start off, Janine, people probably saw in the headline of today's episode, talking about when it's safe for somebody to retire. Because this is a big question that I think is on a lot of people's minds. Listeners want to know how they can determine when it'll be safe for them to retire. And obviously that definition of safe may vary a little bit from person to person, but I guess the bottom line here is just, hey, when can I pull that lever on retirement and be confident in it and walk away from that time frame? But let's start off with, indeed, the definition of you know safe and what people's actual target looks like. Do you find that most people are aiming for a certain age or is it more like a dollar amount in their accounts that they're waiting to hit? It's really interesting. Some people do focus on the age part or they're sick of doing what they're doing or they're around here, they're sick of commuting down into DC or beyond DC. So they've reached a point where, okay, what I have is enough or is it enough so I can stop doing this craziness. So for a lot of people, it is an age or some combination of age and amount of money saved. So typically we'll look at, I mean, people are working longer. I have somebody that came in recently who's 68. She wants to work till 72. But the issue is she loves her job. She loves the people she works with and she doesn't want to stop because there's, I don't know what's beyond this. You know, that's part of the conversation is, okay, once you retire, what's beyond because now you're 72 and, you know, you're, you seem pretty active. You're going to be active till into your 80s and 90s. So for some folks, the age is an issue. But then I'm always asking what comes next because you're too young to stop just, you know, and do nothing. 
nobody wants to sit in front of the TV for hours. And so then the dollar amount comes into play. You know, if I'm 60 and I'm going to retire, then I better have enough savings to last me my 30 years. So that whole conversation gets a little more, I guess, detailed or we get into the weeds because you have to have the right type of portfolio, you know, in order to figure out if you're going to be able to even live comfortably or you're not going to probably live the same lifestyle because if you're, you know, around here, you've got two couples or a couple that's working, both of them making, you know, together over 300,000 or 250, that's a lot of money to step back from. Yeah. At the same time, you've also still got pretty high expenses that you have to account for. So, um, right. And so you really have to get people to sit down and say, okay, what's my budget? Not so much as a, I have to live to this budget, but more to the point of what does it cost me to live now here? And is it comfortable? And if it's a stretch that I'm going to be draining a portfolio, then maybe I need to work a couple more years or, you know, or save a little more right now, or, you know, how, how are these two going to work together? So it's a good um, combo and, of, of time and dollar amount. They, they kind of work in, in concert with one another. It is. And you have to be very realistic about what your expected lifestyle is going to be. You know, some folks like around here, we have people with pensions some government workers or former, you know, some, some defense contractors in the old programs have pensions. If you have a pension, you have much more flexibility or opportunity to retire earlier. For a lot of people, that's not the case. So you have to look at, you know, what the person's doing, what are the factors affecting this decision, and then where are your kids and grandkids? Because if they're out of state, that's going to add a cost mm -hmm. <laughs> to, you know, you traveling back and forth. And I have a couple clients who are doing that. And I'm very sensitive to the fact that somebody can be spending more money than they think, than they probably should. Yeah. I'd imagine it could get easy to happen to too. I mean, we just went through kind of March madness over the last couple of weeks before uh, recording this you know, episode. And I remember one of the big stories, you know, at least something that I was hearing was, you know, the conversation that goes into the travel for some of these games and how it's tough for some of the parents to, okay, your child normally plays at the, you know, University of Missouri or whatever, and now they're, you know, playing in a regional game in Southern California, and you've got to now, you know, transport you and kids and maybe cousins and other people want to try and get to that game to see the kid in playing, but it puts a tax on families. And then even broader than that, when kids make their decisions on what schools they're going to attend, well, when they do get plucked out of an area and end up playing eight or nine hours away, well, now the families are trying to make 10, 15 games a year to go and see, you know, their kid play. And it adds a huge expense to those families trying to pull that kind of thing off. And it's the same thing, I guess, in the retirement lifestyle world. If you're, you know, kids live down the street or in the same city, well, you can see them a bunch of times every year with just a quick drive and it's not that expensive. And even if you've been used to them living far away, well, maybe when you retire, you're going to want to go see them more often. And that's just going to boom, 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 increase the cost of living. Exactly. I mean, I have one client, a couple that they live here and their, you know, kids are in California, the grandkids are in California. So they're making that trip four or five times, six times a year because it's easier because of everything that goes along with flying these days. It's easier for them to travel than for the young family to travel. But that does add costs. I mean, yes, you get frequent flyer miles, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, in retirement, that's more of a pinch. Yeah you know, to your budget. 
And so if you're not building those numbers into the plan, you might come up short and you might have to, you know, it's make the decision that I can't do this. Yeah. I can't do this as many times this year or, you know, as the case may be. But a lot of people don't really, and I would say the majority of people really don't sit down to run through numbers. And that's part of the problem is they're not looking at, okay, what are my retirement savings? How long am I, you know, can I project it out? And there are a lot of unknowns because every piece of software you use uses a linear return. So if you're projecting somebody's portfolio out, I always have to remind people there's no such thing as a linear return. So let's err on the side of caution and we're only going to give you this much return. <laughs> Even though it might be bigger, you've got to project out what this portfolio is going to do. And then if I'm taking withdrawals, let's play with the numbers that say, if I take this much a month or this much a month or, you know, and next year I'm going to take this much a month or then social security kicks in. So I can take a little bit more. What does that look like over time? And then if you have a year like last year, where in December, the market fell 8%, what does that do? How does that affect you? Yeah. So it's a little bit more complicated than somebody just saying, I'm going to do this with spreadsheets. Well, yeah, the engineers I know can do this with spreadsheets, <laughs> you know, and accountants sometimes can. But there's all these things, these factors in life that affect your decision making, that if you're not talking it through, sometimes you're not considering that. Yeah, sometimes computer programs and spreadsheets can be great, but when you need to involve emotion and geography and these other types of topics, it can be hard to kind of reconcile all those things together without sort of that human conversational element and somebody pulling all the different pieces together to try and give you that full look at everything. So your process basically helps people figure out when they can retire comfortably by putting together a fuller picture of where they stand, giving them a little bit more level of detail and helping folks just sort of, you know, put all those priorities into the correct numbers and get that game plan together? Yes. And so what folks have to realize is software is just a tool and the conversation is really what's important. So I did have a couple that came in, they wanted to retire a few years ago. And all I had to do was go through the numbers with them and show them the numbers. And I didn't have to say a thing. We ran some of the numbers and they just looked at each other and said, okay, it's not going to be this year. Now, he ended up retiring, but they had a very clear understanding and an acceptance of what their lifestyle was going to be if he retired earlier. Mm -hmm. That's not the norm for a lot of people. And so, you know, and that's what we talked about. It was very frank discussion. Okay, if you stop here, this is what your lifestyle is going to look like. And are you okay with that, that level of income? And they were completely fine with living within their means. So it's very different. I've had other couples come in. They were really, really worried. They're not going to make it. The wife's really concerned if he retires. And we run through the numbers. And I say, you're going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they're in much better shape than they thought. And in fact, the husband actually said to me, after coming into work with you through this, you know, she was much more comfortable with me retiring. Well, I knew we were going to be fine, but she couldn't see it. And I think that right there is a tremendous key for couples. They have to be on the same page. Yeah. And that understanding of it's going to be okay, or maybe you need to work another year. I yeah. mean, right now I have my husband saying, I need my financial advisor needs to tell me whether I can retire or not. And I'm looking at my <laughs> husband going, you tell me when you want to go. 
(laughs) (laughs) What's up with that? (laughs) But, you know, it's kind of a joke between us right now, but you know, right now you can't get him to sit down and go through the numbers, although he probably knows the numbers. Well, <laughs> it is kind of funny, though, when you talk about when is it safe to retire or when can I retire? It is really kind of an interesting question because some people, the number, the way it gets into their head can be kind of arbitrary. Like, okay, I just want mm-hmm. to reach full retirement age for Social Security. And, okay, well, that maybe that ends up being the best time for you to retire. Well, maybe the numbers also work for you to retire at 63. You know, have you considered that? You know, why just default to the, you know, Social Security designated age? Now, again, it may make sense for that to be the case, but if you haven't really looked at why that is, what's the deal? Or maybe it's just that general thought of, I want to retire as soon as I can start Social Security. It's the other way around when really you'd be in a much better position long term if you just waited an extra two years. If you can squeeze out another two years, it would help the plan out you know, dramatically. And so it's more so a mentality shift of you know, not just picking an arbitrary date because of one factor and more so looking at what do you really want to do if you could pull the strings and then try and make the plan fit your desires. Well, and that's so and there are multiple factors that affect that, that people don't often think of. So if you pull Social Security early and you're working part-time or you're working, there's a uh, an earnings test. So are you going to get your full Social Security if you start early? You know, thinking through the healthcare issue, like who's paying for healthcare? Whose healthcare plan are you under? So that's actually a, an issue for a lot of people because if you're retiring before 65, you don't have Medicare. And if you now you're going to have to pay for your healthcare yourself if you're going to leave the company. So there are some other factors that contribute to this puzzle that folks have a hard time wrapping their heads around. Yeah, that's and, a really good point. And so, you know, yeah, you, I'm encouraging people generally if they, unless they absolutely hate their jobs, of continuing to work until at least full retirement age per Social Security. Now, because you take Social Security doesn't mean that you need to retire. A lot of people do link that. And so what I try to do is disconnect that. That's just one piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Let's figure out how to optimize that. But let's figure out how to optimize what you're currently doing so that the next 30 years, you're not going to run out of money or you're not going to run into trouble. Yeah, all good points. If this strikes a chord with you, if you are thinking to yourself, okay, when is it safe for me to retire? Yeah, that's a question I've asked. I don't have a great answer for that. Or I've sort of just arbitrarily picked a date that I'd like to retire, but I don't really know if the plan's going to work for that date, or I really don't want to have to work an extra year or two, so what can we do to you know get this thing over with now? Whatever the case may be, if you've got questions about that, you can talk to Janine and make sure that you've got a good plan in place to you know have a little bit of a deeper discussion and get a really good plan that's going to help you navigate those waters. 443-718-6311 is the number to call to reach Janine. Again, call 443-718-6311. Set up a time to chat to ask your questions about retirement and financial planning. You can also find us online at theuswealthadvisors.com. That's theuswealthadvisors.com. And get the straight skinny on your financial plan. Well, Janine, it's time for a new segment here on the podcast that we like to call Getting to Know You. It's Getting to Know You time. So a little fun sidestep from uh, all the financial talk here on the podcast. You know, we often talk about how important it is for you to get to know your clients. When they come in and meet with you, the first meeting usually is just a fact-finding mission all about them. 
so that you can learn dislikes, likes, goals, dreams, problems, issues that need to be addressed and figured out because that'll help you put together a better financial plan. We also think the reverse is important, important for you to get to know who you're working with and your planner a little bit better. So we'll ask you a question each time here on the podcast, Janine, that'll kind of uh, reveal a little bit more of your personality. And uh, we look forward to getting to know you a little bit better through this away from just all the financial stuff that we already know you're, you know, obviously really good at. So my question for you this week to kick off this, this new segment, what's the most beautiful view you've ever seen? in your life? That's a really tough one because if you travel, what you come to realize is that there are many, many extremely beautiful views across the planet. Yeah. I think waking up one morning, we, we jokingly call this the trip from hell. That was the family reunion trip that we took back in 1992. So it was, um, we were in the, grand, uh, in the Tetons. So you wake up and you come out and you see sunrise in the Tetons mm. was just stunning, you know, and then we did mosey around to um, Yellowstone. And then up at the time, my grandmother lived on a ranch in Montana. And so it's about 200 miles north of Billings and just big sky country. It's just gorgeous, gorgeous, expansive view, you know, and then, you know, you have a beautiful sunrise occasionally here, right here in Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's, um, I think maybe as I've gotten older, I've taken in more beautiful views because there are so many. Yeah. And so that I think it's really hard because now, now we're kind of weighing, okay, is it more beautiful out West with the mountains or is it beautiful, you know, in the Smokies? <laughs> it, it starts to become apples to oranges when you go mountains versus like a beach type scene. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> I mean, there's, there's just been some stunning views out West that you can't, you don't see them here. But that doesn't mean there aren't beautiful views in Maryland. Yeah, yeah. I think I would say we've had a couple trips to the Pacific Northwest, and there's some pretty amazing views out in the Pacific, you know, kind of Oregon, Washington territory that are just, you know, beautiful. Hawaii. Like if you get, oh, sorry, if you get down to Crater Lake, it's just stunning. And see, we haven't even seen Crater Lake yet. We've been out there a couple times and still haven't done, that's on the next trip out there. We'll see, we'll do Crater Lake for sure. But yeah, but then I don't know, Hawaii has some amazing just beauty, obviously, out there. That's hard to top mm-hmm. from a beach scene, but you're kind of also getting the mountain views out there. Yep. So yeah, it's really hard to, or, or just a good old, you know, I'm, I'm North Carolina. So growing up on, on the coast, there's just something about that sunset with the pier in the background and the sun setting behind the pier, you know, on a, on a fall day. It's just, you know, something about that that just, you know, has a lot of beauty in it as well. So that's a hard one to pick. It is. And and I think if I had a coaching tip, I guess, for folks on just beautiful views, it's stop your daily in your daily life and just stop and enjoy the view. Yeah. Now, obviously, if you're downtown Baltimore, it's not necessarily beautiful, but (laughs) the harbor is nice. (laughs) Yeah, harbor's nice. You know, there are places it'd be hard to pull that one off. But, you know, look up at the sky because we've had some phenomenal sunrises and sunsets 
over these last few years that I, I know they were there before, but for some reason I'm really noticing them. <laughs> You're stopping and smelling the roses now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll let, we'll leave that as the takeaway there from that segment of, yeah, take a little more time to enjoy the views around us and find the beauty in the ones that are around us in everyday life, not just the ones that are, you know, far away, um, that, right. that maybe are harder to get to. There's plenty of beautiful views in everyday life. So let's soak those up as well. We got in touch with our inner feelings on today's show. So that's, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. All right. Last piece of today's podcast. We do often like to take a look at what's happening in the news. And so we will do that now. Extra, extra, read all about it. You know, we talked a lot about tax reform last year, Janine, when we had the you know Trump tax reform news come down and then you know took in effect last year, but nobody really was seeing the impact of it until tax time came around here in 2019. So now that we're at the end of tax season, we're getting to the point where we're getting those first tax returns done under the new scheme. And you've been meeting with a lot of clients and seeing how this has affected people. How much of a difference, positive or negative, does it seem to be making for folks? I think for most people, it's going to be a very positive. There's been some trash talk in the media about people seeing smaller returns. Well, duh, because you were actually taking more home in your paycheck, you know, mm -hmm. this whole last year. And most people did realize that. But yeah, the tax brackets were widened and shortened or decreased. And so people will see. I don't know if you're going to see more refund if unless you didn't adjust or you did adjust your, you know, W4s. So for most people, I think it's going to be a very good thing, even for those who are high earning W2 earners, because the brackets were decreased and widened, that they're going to see a little bit of a break from 2017. Yeah, I definitely will count myself in the side that saw a very nice turnaround this year for the first time ever. I didn't owe taxes at the end of the year, Janine, so. Oh. <laughs> Fantastic. But, but now I'm in that camp of giving the government a free loan throughout the year. So I've got to, I got to get closer to that. I mean, the end goal is to really be at zero when you get to tax day. That really should kind exactly. of be the goal, right? Exactly. So that yeah, means you, exactly. you weren't. We're as close to as you can get. Yeah. You were holding as much as you could on your own without giving a free loan to the government. So, but yeah, it was an obvious difference this year for sure very positive one and i'm hearing a lot of the same from folks which you know you heard a lot about that not going to be the case which i found interesting it was it was only for the super rich and that it wasn't going to help other you know tax brackets and classes but it obviously seems to be the case despite some negative publicity about out there oh yeah the folks in the middle were really significantly helped by the tax change the yeah. tax cut yeah well, very cool. Good to hear that there are some positive things to enjoy about the tax cuts and uh, the reform seems to be working well for some people out there. Well, Janine, any final thoughts on today's podcast from what we discussed? Any parting guidance we should take with us? No, I think the biggest thing is, yeah, stop and smell the roses. Because <laughs> I love it. <laughs> because life is short. I mean, we all think we're here for a long time, but we're not. And, you know, life is short. Take the time. Janine's um, Janine's lessons. That's how we'll we'll end end the show this week. It's fantastic. <laughs> All right. If you've got questions about your financial life, about retirement, anything like that that has uh, come up, or you've seen a beautiful view that you think Janine needs to go and check out, get in touch. Let us know where we need to go, or uh, ask your financial questions as well. Four four three seven one eight sixty three eleven is the number to call to reach Janine and team. Four four three seven one eight sixty three eleven, or online at 
theuswealthadvisors.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app. If you're not getting the biweekly email, certainly you can get that as well. Just go online again to theuswealthadvisors.com so you can make sure you never miss an episode. Janine, thanks for all the help this week. And we definitely will stop and smell the roses and talk to you again soon. Oh, great. Thanks. Talk to you soon. That's Janine Theus, some Walter Stroll. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next time on Your Financial Mission. Your Financial Mission.